Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, um... Oh, recorded live. Case number if you're on the IRS list, or you've already probably seen these, but if you're not, if you want these two cases... Uh, I really, I recommend getting them, and I will send them out today. Uh, this other one is 755F3D929, 755F3D929, 2014. They are so proud of this stuff. I mean, it's just un-dang-believable. Now, I have, and I put out on, um, John in Minnesota allowed me to use his name, and I put out a stuff on uh, his case, and document 81 is a monumental, God, I can't imagine, I've got just in public rights probably 20, 30 hours of reading cases, and, um, but getting to the summary so that, because we can't talk legal stuff, because you can't see it, you can't read it, then you get the concepts down. So let me give you an overview concept. This is a mind twist. A... In the District of Columbia, Congress has plenary power over the people that live there. They have plenary power on the national government on certain things. Immigration. This is why Arizona lost when they tried to get involved in the immigration issue down there. Evidently, they didn't understand it. Uh, They have absolute plenary power on internal revenue, which is supposed to be import-exports tariffs, limited to those areas. They have absolute plenary power over commerce between the several states. That was one of the reasons why that they lacked in the Articles of Confederation. They couldn't figure out a way to tax and control the commerce between the states. That was one of the reasons why the Constitution of the United States was how they came up with it. So now in that 10-mile square, they have plenary power. Outside of the District of Columbia, they only have plenary power under the confines of the Constitution on land ceded, needful buildings, and all that stuff. They do not have plenary power within any of the several states outside of those lands ceded. So, as stated in this case, okay, so now we have the 14th Amendment only applies to outside of the District of Columbia, to that citizen of the United States. So I said, well, are not the... Citizens of the United States within D.C.? Yep. In the confines of D.C., they are qualified electors. Whoa! Isn't that amazing? Because that's their proper status within the District of Columbia. And that's as it should be. There's no doubt about it. Okay? So, let's carry this a little farther. I said, well, okay, and I was doing some research uh, today when I got back from, uh, by the way, I'm happy uh, this is a 
great day for Christians anyway, for the res resurrection of the Son of the Creator. Not Easter, we're not after uh, Astar or Istar or all the other rabbits and eggs and fertility and all that other nonsense. Uh, why there's war on the Christians anymore, I tell you, it's like the Crusades all over again. They're killing them everywhere, including our liar in charge, our jihadist up there in charge in D.C. and all these other idiots. I don't know what the love is. I don't know why you were... Everybody's going after Islam. I just, it just amazes me. But Anyway, getting back, so now we have a 14th Amendment applies to the states, so they've got to create a fictitious uh, citizen of the United States. And we've got cases in this that the tax court adjudicates public rights. What the heck? That is not what I was told. That's absolutely... And then they say that it's exercising power. It's a court of law. What kind of law? I'm not saying the tax court adjudicates public rights. There's a Second Circuit. This is a uh, 930 F2D 975. Second Circuit, 1991. Tax court is a classic example of a form that adjudicates public rights. And there's other cases. I couldn't believe it. Of course, then I had to read all these cases on public rights, and I was very much aware of Babcock case. Um which is back in 1909, that says once you accept, when, they, when the United States creates rights against itself for an individual, you have no right to complain about anything. Shut up and do what they want. Back in a minute. Please help me welcome Richard Dolan. Thank you. 
world-class medical and surgery at one of Asia's most modern hospitals. 300 doctors, surgeons, and dentists serving 300,000 patients a year. Fractions of U.S. prices. Friends or family forced to go out of pocket? Avoid bankruptcy. Tell them to run. Run like hell. Hit us up now. We'll show you how. AsiaRunLikeHellGuide.com Extendivite really works. Here is what people are saying. Oh, I had a problem with breathing. When I stopped to do some walking, I had a problem. I had a heart attack. Uh, my second one, I take this pill and uh, I feel great. I had three bad bats 10 years ago. And I was in bed almost 24 hours a day. Painkillers all over this world. I started taking this. I'm down to almost my three years of And it helped my circulation 100%. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Dr. Joel Wallach, author of the famous health lecture, Dead Doctors Don't Lie, presents his newest book, Epigenetics. Epigenetics is required reading for the very survival of Americans, and yes, all of humanity. Modern man has bet on the wrong horse to save them from disease and pestilence. The medical system has failed us fearfully. Join the health revolution. Buy Epigenetics today and receive a free membership to purchase all the products that Dr. Joel Wallach formulated at wholesale prices and receive a free CD of Dead Doctors Don't Lie. All this for only $25 plus shipping and handling. Call 888-311-4311. That's 888-311-4311. Again, that's just $25 plus shipping and handling. And you'll receive the new book, Epigenetics, a free membership and a free CD of Dead Doctors Don't Lie. Call 888-311-4311. That's 888-311-4311. apply to the District of Columbia. It applies to the states. It says here in this uh, uh, case with the Supreme Court, the 14th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, which in terms operates to control the actions of the state. It does not purport to extend the authority exercised by the government of the United States. So the plenary power of, co of the United States, Congress, and by the way, in D.C., they legislate Statutes of the United States, they legislate laws of Congress, which is plenary power, or acts of Congress, which are plenary power of Congress. Do they teach this stuff? You've got to be kidding me. They don't teach this stuff at all. This is lie to us. Because we have to be very careful. There is the jurisdiction, plenary power within D.C. on what is given to Congress. There is the plenary power uh, in the land ceded within the territorial boundaries of the several states that Congress has, and where is our protections? Our protection is supposed to be, being a citizen of New York or a citizen of Virginia, it's in the Constitution of one of the several states. We, we It also says that the uh, Bill of Rights, 1 through 8, doesn't have application directly to us. What the hell? Yeah, right. It's a uh, binding upon the 
the people within the District of Columbia, they have direct access to the Bill of Rights. We do not, even though they they use it all the time through the 14th Amendment, and that is a discretionary thing. I can't remember the word. I've got to go back and look at uh, the Supreme Court. That it's on a Second Amendment case. So our protection is in the Constitution of one of our several states, our Bill of Rights. It's a, it's a, foreign, it's a sovereign country but combined in the Union of States. Each one of these several states are foreign to the other one, but they combine together under the Constitution of the United States. So our protection should be as a citizen of Virginia, citizen of New York, but they get us to all sign up as a citizen of the United States. The juries are that way in federal and in the state, Alaska. So they're getting me to agree that I want this case adjudicated under the public rights doctrine that says it is out, it's concerning the District of Columbia territories and possessions, and it's going to be adjudicated where I have no individual rights at all. None. Oh, the UCC is going to be supreme in that world, too. Really? What the hell happened here? How did I get in this fix? This is amazing. So the 14th Amendment doesn't apply inside D.C. It applies to me outside as a citizen of the United States. Now, how does a citizen of the United States, if you do the logic of the uh, Declaration of Independence, it says, you know, we have inalienable rights from our Creator. Right? So let's back up. You know that a citizen of the United States under the 14th Amendment is the same, that corporations have these same privileges and immunities, a fiction in law is the same as me. Now, does that not start to raise a we got a logic problem here? How does a corporation get privileges and immunities like I do? I thought I had individual rights under the Creator, and I guarantee you, under the Declaration of Independence, they sure the hell weren't talking about corporation. They were talking about mankind on the land. Citizens of one of the several states. We have been hoodwinked. Oh, it gets better. So, the people that are inside of the district have direct access to the Bill of Rights. We do not. As a citizen of the United States, outside, no. The ones inside do. That's what this case that says so. It gives you the Supreme Court cases. They've, they've been telling us this stuff. We just haven't been listening, and it's not taught. They don't teach us this. They didn't teach me, and I was paying attention, and I've been doing this for quite a while, trying to figure this scam out. So my protection, our protection, if you're domiciled in one of the several states and not a resident, is in the Constitution of your state. This is our remedy to get out of this. There's two remedies to get out of this nonsense, this administrative nonsense. Because like in John's case and some other ones, they, they, the judge and the prosecutor said, you're a citizen of the United States. And they give the everybody born is a citizen of the United States. You forgot to mention that when that citizen of the United States that I'm born in, you're adjudicating public rights, which says that I don't have any individual rights at all. 
I'm basically stateless. I'm homeless. I can't comply. I can't claim what's in the D.C. because you see in D.C. those people are qualified electors because that's the correct status. I can't claim that because I'm not domiciled. So they say, oh, by the way, you're a citizen of the United States and you're a resident of Alaska, a resident. Say, oh, I'm resident. I'm just passing through. Nice words. How about domiciled? They do not want to go there. So our remedy is, I want to be a qualified elector, registered voter, register is a dangerous word, as a citizen of Alaska. Of course, Alaska, we didn't even get a smell, but they're not going to go there. That's another uphill battle. But some of the lower 48, most, a lot of the lower 48, you did, at least before the Civil War. You want to be a citizen of the state. You want to be under the Constitution of Virginia, not the Constitution of the state of Virginia. That's another word game. The state of is the corporate side. Constitution of Virginia is the land constitutional side. So you want to be a citizen of Virginia under the Constitution of Virginia. I'm working up a, a thing here how to get out of this thing. And this case tells us right here that I'm talking about. You have to put into the public record your complete status. And I'm working on it. It'll be out this next week. I had some other things that I had to get down. I had a reply brief and some other things that I had to draft up and let the person take a look at it because I'm not an attorney, not a counselor. Check everything out that I say. I'm trying to give you information with the documents to prove it. So you have to file that into the public record. Then you must modify in your state the application because they want you unknowingly and unwittingly to sign up. Some of them will say United States of America. That's fine. That is a traveling citizenship. Everybody that is naturalized is a citizen of the United States of America. I'm glad if you want to see that. Let's put in a naturalization or something, and I'll send out the document. I got one that I uh, just put in one that I uh, redacted because it's it's illegal. It's a crime to look at one of these documents because we can't. We do not want to enlighten the people if we've been lied to. So the United States of America is fine, but you have to be domiciled in one of these several states, claim that you want to be a citizen of Virginia, and you are under the Constitution of Virginia, and that's where you want to vote, and you are not a citizen of the United States. As enacted in 14 Stat 27, memorialized in the 14th Amendment. And that you are not, you totally reject and all the other that uh, you have accepted any benefit in the public rights doctrine. But you still have to be careful because you have to say under the law of necessity because we're in Babylon or we're in uh, 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 Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, we can't totally get out, but we can extricate ourselves out of that world and then did this thing back on a registered voter thing and changed to citizen in Alaska and... I guess that's, that's probably what happened. About two months later, all of a sudden, they quit taking out 15% of my uh, social, slur, social mm -hmm. slavery. Then mm -hmm. I called them up and stuck my finger right in their eye, and they said, oh, we're going to take the money out. Never did do it. So we'll see. I don't know. So 
that is the way out of this system. But this is a mind twist. In D.C., they have direct access to the Bill of Rights, one through eight. We do not. If we are in domiciled in one of the several states, our protections in the Bill of Rights of one of the several states in the Constitution of one of the several states. The 14th Amendment does not have any application to the people within the district. It has application to the states outside to control the slave issue, so they created a fictitious citizen of the United States under the public rights doctrine. They don't tell you that part. And when you do that, you have no remedy, except administrative. That's why in 1984, Justice White said in his dissenting opinion, the administrative state is one. Because all of these states have lined up, because where did the states lose their sovereignty at? 1913, 17th Amendment. A couple of months from the Federal Reserve Act. Isn't that just special? We're putting in an independent agency outside the government called the Federal Reserve to handle our money. And at the same time, within a couple of months in 1913, we created, somebody did, the 17th Amendment said, you, the several states, no longer want to be, have your, because the several states, the Senate is the representative side of the several states. It is not the people. They surrendered it. In 1913. So the several states no longer have any standing to bitch. They have no standing. What's going on? Seventeenth Amendment needs to be repealed. Our several states need to be putting back the legislatures of the several states need to be electing the senators. Then if we don't like what one of these senators are doing up there, we're, we can go after the local folks and we have a chance of getting rid of them. What's the chance of getting rid of uh, these guys that are out there at the federal level that got more money than uh, Carter's got liver pills? Almost none. It's almost impossible to get them out. And they're not bound. See, that's the thing that's amazing when you start to understand the scam that's going on. I and I'm going to get to, there's two ways to get out of the system. And we're going to be pushing them both. I guarantee you. And I'm going to get to that here in a minute. But, you see, Mr. Obama, that slimy liar in charge, I can't think of enough words, a barbarian, uh, jihadist, I mean, he is, he's going to get, he's going to get us into a nuclear war. It may be Maybe he's, uh, I'll be the Antichrist, but he's still uh, making a damn good uh, application for it. He's an avatar of Lucifer anyway. Can he make statements like, I can't legislate law, and can he get around and make statements, I can't legislate law by executive order? Absolutely. Both are true. Isn't that amazing? Do they teach us this? No. Under, he cannot, the President of the United States has no authority to make laws of the United States, known as statutes also of the United States. He has no authority to do that. He does have the authority under the Federal Register Act of 1935, where he is deemed an agency to make executive orders. He's making law in the administrative state. And he's making it, he can do it under the, uh, within the constitutional side of life, 
And outside, of course, he does it in the administrative state. He publishes it in the Federal Register. And then Congress can up or down it in the Federal Register. That is the check and balance. Congress in that Federal Register were being ruled by legal notice, where the president, by executive order, makes laws. Now, the agencies can do that also. They publish in the Federal Register, but it was getting out of control. So FDR got around and had the government research it in 1937. It only took two years, and he said, man, this is getting, I'm losing my stroke here. He loved his agencies, his New Deal. And they come out with a headless fourth branch of government. And they finally, in 1946, got through uh, the Logan Act in 1940. They kicked back because it didn't define subsidy rigs. So in 1946, they said, agencies, if you're going to reach back into the republic and grab you and me, you must... Go through, you can go through the land of Oz making regulations, but there are different types. There's their procedural regulations, like Part 601 for IRS. They don't have any application to us. They lie. Oh, we're going to do all this stuff, but you can't use it. They have Part 301 regulations. They're interpreting statutes. They don't have any forced effect of law. The only minor issue, they can give deference to them if some statute is unclear, but they won't stand the test. They do all kinds of uh, uh, interpretive regs, which are Part 301, administrative and procedural, Part 301s. So we have interpretive, procedural, all these stuff. Substantive regs, legislative, is the only one that they can reach back in and grab us. That's it. That's the other way out of this administrative state is when they create something that is binding, that judge in Texas, like I say, that Judge Hannon, H-A-N-E-N, and whoever's writing it, probably the uh, Attorney General for Texas seems to be, uh, Texas seems to have somebody down there that's got some brains and gets to do something about it, and 25 other states, Alaska's still sitting on the sidelines with their thumb up their tush. Um, they said if something is binding, if something the agency has no discretion, what are we describing? We're describing a statute of the United States. So you are legislating, which he put, you are you're legislating by regulation to control us. Then you are bound, when you go into the land of Oz on the yellow brick road, you can't bypass the part about you have to get around and do a under a substantive or legislative, substantive, it's really substantive regulation or legislative rule, Christ or B. Brown. There's a certain process for you to legislate, just like Congress has a process. They're supposed to vote on both sides, get a simple majority, and send it up to our liar in charge. And if it comes back, then they get a veto and they get two-thirds majority. Well, the legislature, the agencies have the same thing. We're not taught this stuff. I guarantee you, I wasn't anyway. I don't know about you. Call the subject rig. Well, this is what Texas and Hanson said. Hey. You're creating something that's binding. That's a law. There's no agency discretion, basically. That's another law. Whoever's implementing it, the executive, they don't have any discretion. We're talking about a law, a real binding law of the United States, something similar to that. Except it's a different way of making it in the administrative state. And he said, hey, you're not going to get away with this. Well, what, would, what did Obama do? He lied, so it's an executive order. He did not file an executive order. Oh, 
back in a minute. We're going to continue on with this. Finding a law. It can't be a policy. 
That's just what you'd like to have, but it's not what there can't be a guideline, which Judge Hannon went into great detail on. It's got to be binding. There's no discretion. Basically, no discretion, because you have to be careful dealing with agencies. And if that is true, then you must proceed through the notice and demand of the 1946 Administrative Procedure Act to make legislative rules that have the forced effect of law. This is the way agencies make law, to reach back and grab us. Oh, ain't this, this just damn special. So they have to do a proposed regulation. They have to say they're going to do it under 553B, which is for a subsidy regulation. We're going to make something that's actually going to be binding. And the agency will not have discretion. They have to say we will accept comments. And you also have the right to petition if you don't like the rule that they're proposing. Now, who is going to get around and read all that freaking nonsense in the Federal Register? There's literally hundreds of the damn things every week up there published in the Federal Register. That's the way they make That's the first step called the proposed rule. Then they have to come back and do another call a final rule and say we're making a legislative rule, which is our subsidy regulation under 553B. The IRS, by the way, puts that in there and just says, hell no, we're not doing it. They're proud of it because we don't know. Then they have to address all the comments. They don't have to abide by the comments. They just have to address them. Then they're supposed to allow 30 days to implement it to give us time because, oh, I'm sure everybody gets up every day and says, oh, let me check the Federal Register and see what these agencies are up to. You betcha. Mm -hmm. Now we're supposed to wait 30 days. Usually they say, ah, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do that either. Now what's the only catch? The Congressional Review Act, within six months, Congress can turn around and say, oh, by the way, we're not going to allow you to do that. And the Senate has to get a simple majority. There's been, there's been a few people try it. Our rhino up here, Murkowski, tried it on the EPA, where they made carbon monoxide poisonous, and she couldn't get the votes. And the EPA gal said, no, go to hell. Talking to a senator. They don't. Now, we have a Senator Sullivan that understands, has taken on the EPA once, and he did a hearing with me. I saw the audio of it. He politely, in the political terms, told her to get in line with the, the, the regulatory power. They don't have it. He understands subsidy regulations. First politician ever that I've ever talked to that understands it. And he's taken this to court. Now, whether he'll get stand and fight, I don't know. But he's only one guy. So the only two ways you can get out of this system is what they're doing is affecting our, and this is, comes out of the Chrysler um, um, B, is affecting our individual rights and obligations, if whatever they're doing affects our individual rights and obligations. And you have to get around and take the damn thing to court and force it. Now, there's, there's nobody, there's no test for any of this stuff to see if it'll pass muster. It's up to us. Isn't that amazing? Or, 
Financial uncertainty circling the globe due to job losses, decline in the housing market, a climate of corruption, bailouts, currency rigging, and unfair competition. Many are once more turning to precious metals as the only hedge against the uncertainty of the future. With the U.S. House conducting hearings on proposals to confiscate workers' personal retirement accounts, including 401ks and IRAs, this is the time to secure your assets. Call Republic Trading Group today, 800-691-7898, before this happens, and find out how easy it is to convert your existing IRA and, in some instances, your 401k plan into real wealth now. Don't let the ravages of hyperinflation caused by the massive increase of fiat currency now flooding world markets affect your retirement account. Call RTG at 800-691-7898 and experience the security and peace of mind that only real gold and silver can offer. That number again is 800-691-7898. Call now. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network. There's always a way out of Babylon or Sodom and Gomorrah. The truth always will win somewhere in the end. But to briefly summarize, we have three venues that we need to be worried about and concerned about. Within one of these several states, our major protection is in the Constitution of that state called the Constitution of Virginia. We'll just use Virginia, not the Constitution of the state of Virginia. And as a citizen of Virginia, and I want to be a qualified elector to vote as a citizen of Virginia, within one of those several states, there is land ceded 
under the Constitution of the United States within the territorial boundaries of one of the several states, a citizen of the United States can exist there. And that's outside the scope and the jurisdiction of one of the several states, a citizen of Virginia. Within the District of Columbia, only a citizen of the United States exists in D.C. And they define it as a qualified elector. Isn't that just special? And in D.C., those people have direct access to the Bill of Rights. We technically do not, nor do the states. It's a bar, one through eight, to not legislate in that world. But we do not have our protection. It is in the Constitution of one of our several states, like the Constitution of Virginia, and it's a Bill of Rights. But we have to know enough to say, oh, I want to be a citizen of Virginia. Because this fictitious one that they created right after the Civil War, strictly for the Negroes in 1866, memorialized in 1868, and then they could have naturalized and said, oh, by the way, we'll allow you black folks to come in and naturalize. You won't have to have the same rights as white citizens. You'll be equal in all respects. But we're not going to tell you about that. This was a scam, man. Oh, they forgot to mention, because you always, you call up your state and say, hey, what is the 14th Amendment? Well, it's what the 14th Amendment is. No, we found out what it is. It is a, a status that has the shares of rights with a corporation of fiction and law. So we automatically know it's not about our inalienable rights under the Declaration of Independence and that. That's not happening, because I tell you what, inalienable rights under the Creator did not apply, does not apply to corporations. Doesn't take much smarts to figure that one out. So we've been lied to. Well, what they won't tell us is what is a 14th Amendment citizen, the citizen of the United States. It is a somebody that has surrendered, has accepted some benefit under the public rights doctrine. So we put you in D.C. territories and possessions out in the hinterlands out here, and you're screwed. You're screwed. We can do anything we want, and we get around and have the juries decide it for road. Yeah, I'm a citizen of the United States. You're asking what it is. I've had criminal cases against me. They stopped the cases because we, they don't know what the hell they swore to. Who does? I signed up as a registered voter before as a citizen of the United States. had no clue what it meant. It means that you have no individual rights. You have no constitutional protections. You've accepted a benefit, and you're toast. You're under the dictatorial powers of the El Presidente and Congress. And the states have surrendered theirs in the 17th Amendment because they're supposed to be electing senators. In 1913, they said, oh, no, nah, we don't want to do that, and they passed it. So now the states have no standing either for senators. And we the people don't have the, in the hinterlands don't either because we say, oh, I'm a citizen of the United States. Yeah, right, I accept them benefits, and I don't want this. It sounds so deliciously good. What does it mean? Oh, no, I don't know. It's 14th Amendment. I'll, I'll take your word for it. We can prove these things now. The income tax, you go to tax court. They cannot take judicial the statutes. It's been tried twice. And I've got cases. They adjudicate public rights. I'm a slave, man, and I just enjoy it in it. I love them benefits that they don't even tell me. They don't even tell me about this stuff. Really? You think? 
Lane just out and taught it, I think all H-E-double-L would happen. That's what I think. And now we can finally, because of these later cases, like in 2014, tax court is an independent agency. But it's doing it as judicial power for law, really? For public rights? It's not technically under a constitution of the citizen of the United States in D.C. because those are qualified electors. We just made it up, and you haven't figured it out. And they're telling us how they're doing it. It's an independent establishment. It sits outside the Constitution, just like the Federal Reserve, like the FAA, the FCC, Interstate Commerce Commission, even our comptroller these days. They're all sitting outside the Constitution. They're just out there in la-la land. And there's only two ways to deal with this. One is when they do, and they affect our individual rights and obligations, you have to take them to court like what's going on down in Texas. Because Dan Napoleano did a memorandum. It wasn't an executive order. But of course, the liar in charge, I mean, you don't expect, the only reason why you listen to him is everything he says, you know that you can exclude that and there's something else. Napoleano did a memorandum, and it comes under 5 U.S.C. 551, number 4, of rule. Rule is a very large definition about anything that those, those criminals do. And 551.5, rulemaking. And 553 then says, if it's going to be binding on me, you have no discretion. Or if you go back to Chrysler v. Brown, if there's an individual rights or obligations you're putting on me, you all got to go through the lawmaking process, just like Congress does when they vote on stuff and get the president to sign it. Except they don't teach us this. you got to go in there and do a proposed rule. You have to say you're going to make a legislative subsidy regulation under 553B. You have to allow us to comment. Then you've got to come back and do a final rule. And you've got to say you're under 553. You're legislating. Whoa! And you address all the comments. Oh, and we have the right to petition, by the way. Because we check these every day. I mean, I get up and check. I don't know how many hundreds of these regulations these uh, criminals are putting into the Federal Register. We're being ruled by legal notice. Then they have 30 days after the final rule's done. It's supposed to come out here. And then the Congress has 60 days to, I think it's 60 days, 60 days or six months, I don't remember which, under the Congressional Review Act, to up or down it. And once that's done, it's over, folks. Because we signed up as a citizen of the United States. We go to court in front of a jury saying, I don't have any individual rights under my creator. I'm toast. I'm here at your discretion. Please be gentle with me. Isn't that amazing? So now, with some of that type of knowledge available, I said, well, I wonder what goes on in the District of Columbia when they get around and do their returns. They do returns. Guess what it says under their return? Signature. Under the penalties of law, I declare that I have examined this return, and to the best of my knowledge, it is correct. Wait a minute here. What the hell happened under the penalties of perjury is true and correct? 
and complete. What happened to all that nonsense? Oh, that's right. They have a different status in there. They're under the penalties of law. Oh, I get it. Those people are special in there, and I never, see, I never even in my wildest dream got around and expected to, uh, uh, I just didn't understand this jurisdictional nonsense. I didn't figure that there would probably be any difference. And they do. I look, they do file, but I find very few cases where it's tax evasion in D.C. But what happens if I don't do one of their local things? You will be penalized under this criminal provision of the D.C. Code, Title 40, if you are required to file a return and report to perform an E-Act. Fail to file a return or report. If convicted, you will be fined not more than $1,000 in prison, more, not more than 180 days, or both. Willful failure to file is fined no more than 5000 in prison, more, not more than 180 days again. Really? Does that sound like what they do to us for out here in the hinterland where we don't have anything at all? We, we're totally screwed? Do they limit it to 1000 or 5000 No. Those guys are special in there. They file forms called a D40 or D40EZ. And they have to file the 1040. Oh, but it gets better. Because you see up there in John's case, this, uh, this uh, uh, revenue officer, by the way, I found out the difference in a revenue officer and a revenue agent, which I did not know. A revenue agent is someone who conducts the examination. A revenue officer is somebody on the collection side, collecting what's been done. Okay? I did not know that. Maybe you did. I didn't. I don't know. Um, so I found something else that's really interesting because this is just, I mean, it's opened up all kinds of Pandora's box. In their code, D.C., in the District of Columbia, income means money or property. Whoa, wait a minute. So if I got money, I'm done? Really? That's not out here in the, D in the other code because, you see, in the code that they can get outside, the only thing they can do is taxable year is taxable income is computed under Subtitle A. And, of course, the only people they can withhold money out of under Subtitle A is in 7701A16, which is non-resident aliens, foreign corporations, and foreign organizations, which is perfectly true. There's your known legal duty. But in D.C., they got special because Congress has got plenary power, and the income there means you won't find income defined outside of the territorial boundaries of that little 10 mile square. And net income means the total receipts allocated to income during an accounting period. So you're toasting there. They got their hand on everything you do in D.C. I don't have a problem with that. You want to live in the district of corruption? Fine. I don't live there. I'm not domiciled there. This agent, Wagner, finally got in the corner in John's case up in Minnesota, said income means money and cash. He's talking about inside of the District of Columbia, that type of citizen of the United States, not outside this other fictitious one that has no, no individual rights or anything, the 14th Amendment guy. Is this getting confusing? It ought to be. Why has nobody figured this out before? 
because these bastards knew what was going on. And like I say, I've got several of these cases. I, I followed different cases. I followed one out of uh, San Diego that was quoting some stuff about public rights and stuff. I said, what the heck is all that about? And I went into this case into uh, the district of the appellate court of D.C., and they're talking about the tax court is an independent agency, establishment. Really? I said, I've, I've been wondering about that. Sure enough. And it's a court of law. Well, what kind of law are we talking here, folks? It's surely not statutes of the United States. We got two cases where we tried that in, and they strike it because they can't take judicial notice of the statute. They're doing public rights. And then on Westlaw, I said, well, let me put it in tax court and public rights. There it is. We're adjudicating public rights. Now, what the heck? I didn't understand that. You didn't disclose that when I went in there. But I want to go in there because that's how I could get around and do a summary judgment and say, guess what, Bubba? Here is my public, here is my standing in the world in file, and I file in that I want that government to vote on it, and I put attach that public record filing on that document and take it down to the Division of Elections. I want my republic back. Now, some of these states, Alaska, when I put in citizen of Alaska, they just, oh, I don't pay attention, they don't want to deal with it. At some point, I'm sure some of these people are going to, different states are going to raise holy H-E-L-L. That's fine. We'll fight those battles as people get around to it. But you must, from these other cases now, saying where our protections are for my individual rights, if I want the Declaration of Independence and stuff, I have to go to the state constitution. It is not in the Bill of Rights. Not there. And we're not taught that. The thing is, it just irritate, used to irritate. I called the state of Alaska several times. What is the citizen of the United States? Well, it's the 14th Amendment. So what is a 14th Amendment citizen? We hear that bannered about all the time. But what is it? It's a fiction in law. To where you have no individual rights. You're a complete slave. You have gone into the land of Oz, and the scriptwriters can do anything in there they want. They get you on the yellow brick road. Oh, it just sounds so delicious. Oh, let me just sign up to be a citizen. And I say, you're giving away free money. <gasps> Almost free money. What do I have to surrender? Oh, you have no individual rights. You have no right to any constitutional courts. You've thrown away your, everything that all the people have fought and died for in this country. You've dishonored everybody in the spot thinking we wanted liberty and freedom. You've dishonored them. And you've dishonored yourself. Will you fight? I don't know. Will you get knowledge? Like in Jose, my people die for a lack of knowledge. We do. Can you fight this battle without Westlaw? No. Unless you maybe get on my list. I have an IRS list for $250. And I put out all of John's stuff, and I got put out the reply for a thing. I put out on the IRS $250 postal money order. If you can't afford it, just tell me why you can't afford it, and I'll add you. But you have to ask. Now, don't put swine. Don't put pearls before swine. Don't just give it away out there for somebody that you to toss in the, in the trash. If you don't have enough incentive to ask for it, probably not of any value to you. Do not 
believe me. Do not believe anybody. Kepakalpine's case, when the chief counsel notice came up, and that's another interesting thing because in John Thornton's case uh, in uh, Minnesota, and we brought that issue up in a letter in McAlpine's, and see, that hadn't reached judgment state, and that attorney was very smart. He dismissed the case on books and records. Because books and records, by the way, are inquisitorial. And how did an inquisitorial get out here on you and me? How did that happen? Oh, back in a minute, we'll address that. just how vulnerable we are to deadly viruses, bacteria, and fungus. These diseases are all caused by infectious pathogens that often get the upper hand on conventional medical treatments. Now more than ever, there's a great need for a product that will help protect us. Look no further. Supernatural Silver can provide immune system support to help fight off these deadly pathogens. Supernatural Silver is a new and vastly improved type of silver solution that's safe and extremely effective against 143 types of bacteria, both forms of viruses, mold, and yeast. Supernatural Silver can be taken orally or used topically and can be used in a nebulizer or vaporizer for inhalation. With over 180 scientific studies by independent universities, hospitals, and research institutions, Supernatural Silver is a powerful weapon against disease. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off your entire order. Give you and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. There are many water filters to choose from, but there is only one system that is consistently customer-rated five stars as the number one system for effective filtration of fluoride, radiation, drug residues, heavy metals, a wide range of radioisotopes, and more. Introducing the Pure Effect Ultra, the next-generation water filter that also raises alkaline pH, improves antioxidant potential, and has advanced anti-radiation technology, all while using no electricity. Sold worldwide, it provides virtually instant clean water on demand. It is not made in China, and the shipping is free to all 50 states. Buy your Pure Effect Ultra today by visiting pureeffectfilters.com. Or call 888-891-4821. Again, that's 888-891-4821. Or visit pureeffectfilters.com. Now there's an amazing new natural antibiotic every person must have. It's Cellvalide Silver Solution, and it destroys over 650 hard-to-kill viruses, fungus, bacteria, and much more. Cellvalide Silver Solution has no expiration date, is great for emergency kits and storage shelters, and comes in 8 or 16-ounce bottles. Order today at 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org. HempUSA.org, 100% chemical-free superfoods and unique health products. Nice shooting. Hey, that's a sweet AK-47 chest rig. Is that multicam? Yeah, got it from StrikeHardGear.com. Strike what? StrikeHardGear.com. Set your sights on StrikeHardGear.com. 
tough tactical gear for your Soviet-style weapon that's made in the USA. Affordable, plus a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee and lifetime replacement warranty. StrikeHardGear.com. Go ahead. Pull the trigger. Okay, well, we're back here. And, um, books and records cannot proceed unless there is a return voluntarily signed by you or one prepared by the government under substitute for return under 6020B. If it's signed by you by a waiver, then it will pass Article 3. That's the bankruptcy court. Otherwise, they won't write it off in bankruptcy court. But what was interesting, see, is in this case, like in John's, and we brought up in a letter in McAlpine's, the substitute for return, according to the chief counsel of the Internal Revenue Service that operates in the public rights arena, by the way, <clears throat> says so. His attorneys are what operate in tax court. You have to have three forms. Oh, great. I said, okay, well, if three forms aren't there, then we can't deal with it in the United States District Court. <clears throat> because they always withhold, almost invariably, the third form. Well, this attorney up there, Wilhelm, said, oh, no, that only applies to tax court. He is absolutely damn right. Those three forms only apply to a substitute for return in tax court adjudicating public rights. And they cannot bring a from a public rights thing into any Article Three court. They can't go into the Court of Appeals. Court of Appeals is not technically a constitutional court. The United States District Court is not one. They're figged out all kinds of cases to say they can't do that. <clears throat> That's a dangerous area they do not want to have exposed to be litigated. They can't go to tax court. There's no remedy from tax court. There's no constitutional remedy. For individual rights. So again, we have to understand the terms. If we do not see, we're not talking. I mean, I don't have to say we, because I know I wasn't. I don't know. What the hell is an inquisitor? Well, this is the case here. Um, that's one of the joys of being in Westlaw. I mean, you could just, you know, you're t you can get answers to questions here. It may take a couple hours. It may take reading a bunch of cases, but it's there by Boolean Word Church. This is a case out of, uh, uh, let's see, this is out of the Seventh Circuit, 443F3D930, 443F3D930, Seventh Circuit, 2006. What's amazing is a lot of this stuff, these stuff is coming out in these later cases. So I don't know if they're just getting um, uh, arrogant about it. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Let me read this to you. They will talk about it because this is really important. It should be, it should not be undertaken in the absence of actual claim for this form of relief and full briefing. They give a case. What makes a system adversarial rather than inquisitorial is the presence of a judge who does not. And in quotation marks, as the inquisitor does, conduct the factual and legal investigation himself. That's what an inquisitor is. Somebody that conducts the factual and legal 
investigation himself. Books and records is inquisitorial. You go in there and he just says, I'm not here to answer questions. I'm the inquisitor. I'm here to do factual and legal investigations himself. But instead, this is what an adversarial is, decides on the basis of facts and arguments, pro and con, adduced, that's evidence, by the parties. In an adversarial, you go in and, of course, there's got to be a law provided. And then there is facts, and then there are pro and cons of evidence. That's what makes it adversarial. What makes it inquisitorial is you go in there to Revenue Officer Wagner. Oh, I'm an inquisitor, man. You're going to do. You're going to answer every damn question that I put forward. And why are they asking questions about driver's license uh, loans? Because these type of things are circumstantial evidence that you have signed up to be a quote citizen of the United States. A 14th Amendment, with no individual rights, you're totally screwed. And we're uh, we're under the public rights doctrine, but we're not going to tell you that because you're on a need you're on a need to know it. You damn well don't need to know, because you might get around and try to escape, get a republic back. This is absolutely stunning. Man, acquisitor is somebody that conducts a factual and legal investigation himself. Well, Mister. Oops, back in a against 
system. The professionals at Divine Living Oils have tested and been so impressed with this product that we are using them to help others. And who are we? We are health professionals with many years' experience. Trust us, we have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our motto? Because we care about you. Do your health and spirit a great favor. Call us at 304-542-4226. That's 304-542-4226. Again, that's 304-542-4226. With autumn in the air, it's time to think about getting ready for winter. And it's time to save at HerbalHealer.com. You'll find amazing seasonal savings to prepare you for the fight against cold and flu season. Like oregacillin to promote lung health. 30 capsules, regularly $34.95, now only $25. HHA Olive Leaf, the natural antiviral, normally $16.95, now 60 capsules are just $12. HHA Elderberry Power, a great flu and virus fighter, regularly $16.95, 60 capsules, now $10. Save on all our homeopathic detoxes. Choose from lungs, kidney, liver, brain, libido, or whole body, normally $26.95, now just $20. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click on the Fall Winter Special button to save on all our natural cold and flu fighting products. Also explore our Herbal Healer Academy correspondence courses that teach you how to handle your health naturally. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. Dr. Joel Wallach, author of the famous health lecture, Dead Doctors Don't Lie, presents his newest book, Epigenetics. Epigenetics is required reading for the very survival of Americans, and yes, all of humanity. Modern man has bet on the wrong horse to save them from disease and pestilence. The medical system has failed us fearfully. Join the health revolution. Buy Epigenetics today and receive a free membership to purchase all the products that Dr. Joel Wallach formulated at wholesale prices and receive a free CD of Dead Doctors Don't Lie. All this for only $25 plus shipping and handling. Call 888-311-4311. That's 888-311-4311. Again, that's just $25 plus shipping and handling. And you'll receive the new book, Epigenetics, a free membership and a free CD of Dead Doctors Don't Lie. Call 888-311-4311. That's 888-311-4311. Well, we're back here, and uh, we've got a couple of callers here, and first one is Richard in Alabama. You're up. Question, comment on our subject today. Um, please tell me what was the excuse for den denying you the old age exemption? The old age exemption. Oh, over here in Matsu? Uh, they, well, you're holding... they said you have to get around, and in Matsu, you have to get around, and... Uh, we will only allow it for certain years because we're going to follow the statutes. And the other years, we could, you can go to hell. Now, we over-assessed you for $500,000 over the last 10 years, and we didn't follow the statutes, but that's all right. But we can't give you credit for that. We're not going to address this or go to hell. And I said, okay, you guys want to see me in court? You do not want to piss Ralph off. But so I'm going to take on the bar, the judge, Matsu, and I'm going to try to shut down foreclosures in Alaska. So they just flat turned down without an excuse? Well, they no, they did. They said, we'll only give you for a certain years. We're not going to go back and correct the problem. I said, look, why don't you just get around and, because I didn't even know about the senior citizen discount. Why don't you, because I got to where I couldn't pay it. They kept up in the property value so high as though this is a finished house. I said, why don't you, we just get around 
and you just you can write it, it. It's more than enough. I don't want any money from you. You can keep the excess. Just give me the senior citizens retroactively, and everybody goes home, and and I got enough dealing with the IRS. And they said, no, 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 but hold on. They're just arrogant bastards. I go over there and I've talked to them twice. They sit up there with a smirk on their face. I say, you know what? You have no idea what you're tangling with. Because I will, until the day I die, I will be, I will bring you down. They're doing the same. Alabama's doing me the same way, except uh, they're using different excuses. Are you in Alaska? No, Alabama. Okay. Well, stay tuned. Get on my list and you'll be seeing the stuff. Well, can you, uh, uh, what's the charge for getting your uh, $250, $250 postal money order, and if you can't afford it, just send me an email and tell me why you can't afford it. Why I use it is because, God almighty, that I have some tremendous expenses, and if some people hadn't helped me, I had my pump go down, you know, $800, you know, and uh, what could I have well here, and uh, then my right front tire, my right thing on my van went out and I had to get two brand new tires at 250 and then the next day I went in and had to get the damn uh, front end all put in put back in together and realigned and uh, then it's then the starter went out and then I had five hundred dollars in fuel oil and God I'll tell you there that one week was just some people hadn't helped me I mean you know because what I do is not not making me rich I guarantee you that but that's fine I, I'm not after that I'm after getting the truth out and I'm going to chase these son of a SOBs to hell and back so you got your driver's license back? Oh, yeah, I have that. Yeah, I have to deal with that. I don't have a way to deal. See, I know the reason why, and I'm going to sue them. I've just uh, been waiting on that is to, because they, they stole our uh, vehicles, and I know and it's, a, it's a felony to do that, and I know what to do now. I have a copy of the MSO is to go into court and sue the bastards because they've committed crimes, and uh, they don't want this out. I, it's interesting is I got stopped the other day. I haven't seen any cops for almost two years. And I got stopped by one with trooper down here at the post office, and he gets around and pulls in behind me, and he said, you know your speed? He said, no, I'm not speeding. I said, i got to think, well, I'll see your driver's license. Well, I'll do what you got to do there. I said, I've got to go in and pull. I just turned on the left, went in the post office, come back. And I said, by the way, you know, this is a stolen vehicle, not a comment. You know, just take your license, you know, and uh, get me out. I said, hey, what are you going to do about me driving a stolen vehicle? You guys stole it. Got these little... Trooper car and left, and so I went to town, had a, a steak, and actually I had prime rib, and went to the mini brewery and had a couple of beers, and coming out, and here's a uh, Wasilla cop. He pulls me over. He said, "Well, do you know that you were speeding back there? I'm going you were speeding there, and it's a 45 miles hour zone. You weren't in the 55 yet." I said, "What? I miss it by a couple of feet? Whatever. Your license is do whatever." So I'm getting my video camera on my little iPhone, getting ready. He comes back, and he just comes back and says, thank you, and turned on his heels and left. Didn't say one more word. I didn't even have a chance to do anything. He just handed it back and said, thank you, and he left. I didn't even get a chance to bring up the stolen vehicle. I went to court over there on that other one where they tried to set me up, and I brought that up. And he says, we don't care whether it's stolen or not. Really? I can't bring this up. It's death to him. Anyways, so... Anyway, get on the list if you want to or whatever. Email me. You got my email, Ralph at AlaskaMinuteMan.com. So. Yeah. Okay? Okay. All righty. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Randy in Texas, you're up next. Question or comment? Uh, I want to tell you I thank you for your hard work and all your due diligence and so forth. Uh, mm -hmm. I claim to be a natural-born white slave in the state of Texas. Well, the oh, correct way. Go ahead. 
The thing to be is, if you've been listening, is you have to be a citizen of Texas. You can claim to be a white citizen. You can claim to be a citizen of the United States of America, which is a traveling citizenship, but I'm going to send out the document. Everybody's naturalized in that. You do not want to be a citizen of the United States, and you have to clarify it that you are not one of those that is that comes under the uh, 14th Stat 27 memorialized in the 14th Amendment nonsense. That's the one you don't want to be because yeah. they have different citizens of the United States out here. So you don't do none of this like some of these people have been do, trying to do uh, what's the word? Um, I can't think of the word, but anyway, they say I don't want anything to do with it being a citizen of the United States and they don't have passports and all this other and you've got to be real careful because there's different flavors of the same thing. But anyway, go ahead. Well, uh, I, I fully understand that I am a white slave born in the, in the United States. Okay? I understand that fully. Okay? And what I have uh, t to attest to that, I'm going to give you a one-liner that is a game-changer and a life-changer. Okay, go ahead. It's called the Treaty of 1213. Treaty of 1213. Everyone needs to check this out. It's on the Internet, easy to find, fully tells you, fully lays it out that at the time of the Treaty of 1213, Great Britain in its totality was turned over to another entity. Really? It was handed over to another entity. They did not own the colonies when this country supposedly became its own country, okay? They still do not own anything today, okay? Nothing. They are an owned entity, okay? And a treaty so, so, of 12... So, uh, who's, so who's, the, who's, who's, who's behind all this nonsense? Did you ever hear the old saying, all roads lead to Rome? Oh, yeah. They, in fact, do. Okay. Well, I got to the, huh? the Vatican owns the whole thing, including us. Mm -hmm. I'll check it there out. are three cities in this world that are nations unto themselves. The Vatican is one of them, Vatican City. Mm -hmm. The financial district of London is a city-state unto itself the queen of england has to call the mayor of the final of the financial district of london and ask permission to visit the area okay the third city is washington dc district of criminals i wouldn't be surprised if those three those three cities control the world the united states district of criminals is military. Mm -hmm. The city of London financial district is financial. Mm -hmm. The Vatican is spiritual, if you could even imagine that in your wildest dream. Yep. I'm aware of the Vatican and the other, and I know D.C. is full of criminals, so I, I, I don't doubt what you're saying. Check this about. out. Check I will. This out, I will. Please. Well, I've, I've never heard of the, 12, the Treaty of 1213, but I will check it out. Absolutely. Okay. King John was heavily indebted to the Vatican, and when the dust settled, he uh, humbled himself to the Vatican, handed over the totality of England, their land, 
their gold, their monies, their slaves, their serfs, their peasants, and the whole bit was handed over to the Vatican. And King James uh, uh, went along. I, 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 this was an amicable decision. This was not, uh, uh, you know, uh, anything untoward. Uh, this uh, and the king was actually uh, uh, they fronted uh, for the uh, Vatican. The Vatican, for some reason, didn't want to show itself as owner of the United States, and uh, they still have it to this day. But they own it. Well, I don't doubt, you know, the thing that gets me is we are up against the powers of principalities of evil. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. There's no doubt in my mind. That's the most evil empire. This stuff that I can put together, how they have accomplished it in the United States, all these pieces are fitting in together, and this has been going on for centuries. The Treaty of 
The only other way is they have to, they're alleged, they're presuming that they're alleged, they're regulations, but if they affect my individual rights or obligation, or if it's binding, like the judge down there in Texas has done, and if there's agency has no discretion, then you have been legislating, and guess what? That, that, that thing must pass the legislative test, and it's not going to make it. Okay, uh, next one, Rob in Illinois, you're up. Question, comment? Yeah, uh, Ralph, i got to just a couple quick comments. Uh, just to back up that Treaty of 1213, I just came across something uh, of that today, that Britain is owned by the Vatican. But the one problem with uh, King John signing that treaty is that um, anytime somebody enters into fraud, it vitiates everything. So the king did not have the authority to sell his country out from underneath the people that he serves. That's right. They do that things all the time, just like our good old... Uh, uh, liar in charge up there, he's getting around and making an executive with Iran. And he can do that. But it doesn't it's not a treaty. And unless Congress signs it, he doesn't have the power to do it. So he can do whatever he wants. It just looks like it, but it's supposed to BS. No, it's BS. Okay? Right. Right. Uh, one thing for everybody to remember is that fraud vitiates everything. That is a That's right. That's right. That's and right. You, you, you have to have the power to do it and the authority. And uh, also, I went into, and, and you were talking about these, um, how the IRS and the Federal Reserve and everybody claims that they're independent agencies. Um, I went into it, and I found out that under 18 U.S. Code, Section 6, it's department and agency defined, and it says the term agency includes any department independent establishment. It does not say independent agency. So I think that uh, I'll send this your way and you can check well, it out. They, they use those words interchangeably, independent agency, independent establishment. Right. I mean, they, they use them back and forth. Okay, because I went to uh, a site or two and it says right there on their own site, it says they claim to be an independent establishment, so I wanted to get that, that clarified. Yeah, I think establishment is technically correct. I think you're I think you're right on point, and that is in 44 U.S.C. 3502. Go in and it lists out a whole ton of them, but not all of them, and I've been going through the statutes identifying the rest of them. They don't, by the way, identify the tax work. And they used, by the way, they did say independent establishment, not independent agency. You're correct. Right. I'll also send you a, 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 an email about 40 little-known facts about the United States, and you can and forward them on. And it has in there uh, number, let's see, what was it, number 23 is Britain is owned by the Vatican. And also that the IRS, and the number one, uh, it says the IRS is not a U.S. government agency. It's an agency of the International Monetary Fund. Well, I don't know that, but people say that, and Christopher V. Brown could not uh, find the establishment of the Internal Revenue Service. That's diversified, diversified Metal Products versus IRS. That's I have that case. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's what they're quoting, and then it's uh, public, uh, some other public law stuff in here, and the reorganization plan number 26. Anyways, but that is something to consider. Um, that they are not a government agency. They're actually a collection agency working for the IMF, from what I gather. Yeah. Well, I know what they, I know the thing is, they can't do what needs to be done. And that's a fact. Right. I also, and there are ways out of it. And uh, I'm, I'm going to get to something else here if I have time here. I've got one more call or two. Go okay. Ahead. Go ahead. I'll make this real fast. I also uh, was listening to another call, and I will get the information in your hands. It's very simple, just a couple quick things. But whenever this guy had success, whenever the IRS sent him a letter, and they pretty much stopped contacting him, after he drew a line to the word taxpayer and wrote non-taxpayer on there and sent the letter back to them, 
because when they send these letters, I mean, first of all, we're not supposed, we don't, we're not under mandate to understand them, but uh, that's that goes. Uh, on judge, can I finish your sentence or thought here after we come back? Okay, hold on. Chest rig is that multicam? Yeah, got it from strikehardgear.com. Strike what? Strikehardgear.com. Set your sights on strikehardgear.com. Tough tactical gear for your Soviet style weapon that's made in the USA. Affordable, plus a no questions asked 30 day money back guarantee and lifetime replacement warranty. Strikehardgear.com. Go ahead, pull the trigger. The IRS is a private corporation, not a government agency. Income tax is collected by voluntary compliance. To learn to unvolunteer or discontinue volunteering into the IRS, visit escapeharassment.com and immediately implement Strategy 1. The process must be repeated each and every time. Paper, letter, envelope, presentment, etc. Always and forever. Failure equates to acceptance, subsequent resultant contract, and you pay or go to jail by your own consent and agreement contract. Avoid recontracting. Visit escapeharassment.com and implement Strategy 1 immediately. Bar lawyers and accountants won't help you. Why wait? Get Strategy 1 and immediately implement it to divorce the IRS today and forever. That's escapeharassment.com Strategy 1 to be free from the IRS. EscapeHarassment.com Extendivite really works. Here is what people are saying. A year ago, I was realizing that I was in serious problems with my heart. You know, I had these chest pains and so on. I uh, realized that I had to do something and quick. I didn't want to go the medical route. So I started in doing some investigating, and somebody told me about these heart drops. I got on the heart drops prescribed dosage. Within two weeks, I immediately started seeing the results. This is working. I'm going to stick with it. I can't deny the fact that when I got on the heart drops initially, there was immediate help, uh, an immediate turnaround. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Hi, my name is David Merlin from takefromcaesar.us. Income is defined in the tax code. All property is a cost, including labor, according to statute. You're deprived of the provisions of Section 83 whenever you pay an income tax on your compensation. According to Section 83, only the excess over the amount paid is gross income. The government can't so much as provide an interpretation of Section 83 of its own. Get your paradigm shift in understanding today at takefromcaesar.us. Rob, finish your thought, and we're going to get to Gary in Georgia here, so uh, give him some time. I tried to finish before because I, I heard that music. Anyways, uh, last thought is that um, the guy had success, which are on the line through the uh, the word taxpayer on their form. So I'll get that information in your hands, and you can check it out for yourself. So. Yeah. Well, we're getting there, you know. 
Slowly and surely. Yeah. The, the key is not to get pulled into any arguments with the IRS once once you're out of their system because then they put, can put the hooks back in. Yes. So. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay, thanks, Ralph. Gary in Georgia, you're up next. Sir, I'm uh, calling about uh, the Supreme Court's decision in uh, Mayo Foundation for Medical ed Education and Research of uh, 2011, which they uh, decided, more or less, uh, this article says unanimously for Chevron deference. So I'd like to have your opinion on the, on the Chevron deference because uh, I have plenty of cases that, well, they just, uh, which they are criminal cases, but they don't charge the people the crimes, uh, the criminal acts as they do for, for tax cases because uh, they didn't publish the, the regulation. So well, I like the, that. The, the, uh, Chevron deference, if you go look at Chevron deference, is only to give the regulation what they call the effect of law, not the force of it. Only if it can be established that it that it is what Congress intended to do, and it's not clearly stated in the statute. That's the Chevron deference, and it's called. Uh, they do it to interpretive regs only. They're part 301 regs. You go into the courts, and there are 301 regs ad nauseum. They're interpretive. They do not have the force and effect of law. They have to enforce the Chevron deference. But now, give this another thought. What the hell kind of system do we have that we don't even know these regulations if they have the force and effect of law? Then we have to go to the court and tell us. If somebody thinks they do, is this what our republic is all about? The bottom line is all of this administrative nonsense is totally unconstitutional because we, in our proper status, they can't come into a constitutional court. That is a key. They cannot come into a federal constitutional court. Now, a state court could adjudicate and allow them in. The District of Columbia because they have plenary power there, they can adjudicate constitutional administrative law. But a federal court is prohibited from having any administrative issues come before. And if we're smart in our state constitutions, our state courts, we will eliminate all of the administrative law nonsense. Now, how they get the states hooked, of course, is the 17th Amendment, but the states get around and use the regulations that do not have the force and effect of law. They're under the state plan. They're under the child custody stuff. They accept grant monies. And because they have no standing, the 17th Amendment, then they are in the same position as we are. They're in a corporate state, and we're toast. And this is a hell of a trap that whoever figured all this stuff out. And it gets to be mind-boggling after a while. Anyway, any more comments before we close out or questions? Or? Uh, yes, uh, just real quick. Uh, Brown, Brown Express uh, Petitioners versus United States of America, which uh, the uh, Attorney General published parts of his manual in there, and, uh, and they said that... Uh, they, they got to go through the notice and comment, and the, it's in the Federal Register. I know I'm trying to hurry yeah, up real uh, quick. Yeah, that's, that's in 553B, yes. Uh, yes actually, sir. it's a 553 B, C, and D, actually. Uh, you're right. And, uh, and then uh, then uh, the 30-day rule is 553D. Uh, uh, right. uh, yeah, right. 
But, that, but what kind of a system is this, and how do you prove that? You've got to go into the Federal Register because, you see, when they take all these regulations, they put them in the Code of Federal Regulations, and they don't identify squat. Our statutes of the United States are in a book, so we can find them. They put these in the Code of Federal Regulations, and my God, you wouldn't live longer. You have to go back to the Federal Register. Anyway, thanks for calling, and uh, as I always say, watch out for the federalities. They're everywhere, and stay safe, and we will see you next Sunday, God willing. Fair competition. Many are once more turning to... With the U.S. House conducting hearings on proposals to confiscate workers' personal retirement accounts, including 401ks and IRAs, this is the time to secure your assets. Call Republic Trading Group today, 800-691-7898, before this happens, and find out how easy it is to convert your existing IRA, and in some instances, your 401k plan, into real wealth now. Don't let the ravages of hyperinflation caused by the massive increase of fiat currency now flooding world markets affect your retirement account. Call RTG at 800-691-7898 and experience the security and peace of mind that only real gold and silver can offer. That number again is 800-691-7898. Call now. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.